welcome back to the Move Against Cancer podcast. I am Sophie Mulligan and I am the admin and fundraising coordinator here at Move Charity. I am absolutely delighted to say I am joined by Louise Minchin today. Hello, Louise. Oh, it's so lovely to speak to you, Sophie, and see, I mean, I know we can't see you on the podcast, but see your smiling (laughs) face as well. Oh, thank you. And right back at you. (laughs) Um, so for those of you that don't know, Louise had a quite a long career in TV. And um, if you just want to sort of introduce yourself, Louise, tell people a little bit more about that, you know, just in a nutshell, oh, if you okay, can well, turn yourself I'll, up. <laughs> I'll make it brief because it was a long career, as you said. Uh, so I, most people, um, if they know my name, is probably because they watch too much bad news in the morning. And what I mean by that is I used to present BBC Breakfast and I presented it for gosh 20 years overall I first started when I was I can't even remember how old I was 30 maybe 30 something 33 or something um and yeah and then continued on and off first 10 years I wasn't sort of permanent on the program I got my full-time job there about 10 years ago well 10 years before I left um and woke up everybody for (laughs) those 10 years at six o'clock in the morning I was on the telly three four days a week um telling try not to tell all bad news because that was one of my things it's like we cannot be relentless we need to tell uplifting stories about endeavor and hope and all the rest of it um and I gave that up a year and a half ago now I decided that um I for lots of different reasons I I'd been thinking about it for a long time you know you don't come to these decisions quickly by any stretch of the imagination because it was my deep dream job by the way I always wanted to do that job Uh, but yeah I decided actually I think mostly the biggest thing was the 3.40 in the morning alarm call that was very the most difficult thing for me about it I loved my job I loved being there I loved being part of the BBC Breakfast family but I am not suited (laughs) to getting up in the middle of the night and I I don't know I think there are people who are better at it and I think actually weirdly I could you know I think you do have a sort of metabolism and a circadian rhythm and all the rest of it but mine is literally the reverse absolutely the reverse I like going to bed late waking up late so I got up this morning at eight o'clock and to be honest with you I had to set an alarm because that's not my anyway so there we go uh, so yeah, that's me. Um, and I love that job. And people still say they used to wake up with me every morning, but not any longer. Ah, oh, that's lovely, though, that people, you know, do sort of it's... like, associate you with their happy mornings. Well, mostly yeah, they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do, actually. And I definitely felt that thing of being part of a big family because we were definitely in their life at sort of family time. It's like, you know, breakfast, whether we've been, you know, we probably, I always have this sort of this view that be mum and dad or something or whoever it is children perhaps getting ready in the background and people just walking past me um and sort of stopping going oh what is she wearing oh gosh she said something interesting do you see what I mean I very much feel like part of people's sort of morning routine which was lovely yeah absolutely and um yeah I think a lot of people who will be listening today will have followed your you know maybe not 20 years but maybe a part of that um but then you just had a complete sort of change and you went from TV to triathlon. <laughs> yeah, well, I sort of did it while I was there. And it was because of, um, because I, I mean, I've got lots of opportunities from BBC Breakfast and I'm very susceptible to ideas, right? And people sort of putting um, bonkers ideas into my head. So, um, but what happened was I, I'd given up sport when I was 15 or, or around 15 because I used to be a swimmer and I was, to my utter shame now, I was a good swimmer 
And I, at age 15, I looked in the mirror and I suddenly saw all these kind of like muscly shoulders and thought, oh, I don't think I like the way they make me look. And I was a bit embarrassed about, you know, having sort of strong upper body and muscly back and everything. And I literally gave up competitive swimming from one day to the next, which was wow. still sort of devastating, actually, and more devastating now, given that I know how much I love exercise. Anyway, very briefly, because people probably know this story, but I was at BBC Breakfast and it was 2012 and... And my, one of my producers said to me, we want to do a BBC Breakfast Christmas challenge. What should we do? And I was like, oh, gosh, you know, I knew they'd done cooking challenges and all the rest of it. And I just thought I'd spent the summer watching the Olympics and been totally inspired by London 2012. And I, thought, I said, why don't we do something inspired by the Olympics? Um, and she went away and came back and said, right, what we're going to do is we're going to take you to the velodrome. You're going to do a race on the bikes in front of 4,000 people and it's going to be filmed. I'm like, what? What? Anyway, so uh, we did this amazing race in the velodrome and I'd never been, I'd never even been in a velodrome, let alone sat on a racing bike. I'd never sat on a bike with drop handlebars. Yeah. Honestly, I had no idea. Um, anyway, so we went there and it was just the most amazing experience. I absolutely, I hated it at first. I was terrified, screaming my head off. Um, and then on the first round of the of the velodrome, because you have to do training, obviously, you can't just yeah. get on a bike, can you, and do it. Um, second round, I was like, oh, actually, this is okay. Third round, oh my gosh, I'm in. I love it. Anyway, on race night, it was very tense. There was this sort of really extraordinary atmosphere with all these people crushed around the top, you know, the sort of the steep banks of the velodrome they feel like they're going to fall on top of you and um, my lovely co-presenter um, one of my co-presenters Bill Turnbull who I was racing against said I can't be beaten by a girl <gasps> and that just exactly exactly there's Tipped nothing over the edge <laughs> there's nothing more likely to push me into real serious try hard and there's a moment when I just let go of that of the line and basically I would have I would have won the race because I was with Charlie State and he'd done he'd been so fast that our times were going to be added together that we would definitely would have won even probably if I'd fallen off and got on again <laughs> um but I just let go and at that moment my life changed because I let go and I was like right I'm going to go for it. And I absolutely went for it. I beat Bill by half a second. And oh, wow. they've never looked back. The day after that, or not the day after, maybe two days later, I went and bought myself a road bike. I mean, I didn't even have, I didn't even have a bike. And, and all I'd ever had was a sort of hybrid, which as it turns out, had been stolen. So I didn't, so I didn't have any choice if I wanted to ride a bike, but to get a new one. Bought myself a road bike, you know, everything, the shoes with the cleats, the helmet, the gloves, the special cycling pants, the whole lot. Uh, and my husband was like, Louise, you're never going to ride this bike. <laughs> anyway, that bike has been ridden in extreme triathlons around the world now. I mean, I have spent serious hours on that bike. Yeah, so you proved them wrong as well. <laughs> yeah, I like. I think there's a there's a bit of a thing there, isn't there? Proving my husband wrong, proving Bill <laughs> wrong. Yeah, maybe there's a thing. Maybe that's the way to get me to do stuff. So did you just one day think I'm going to do a triathlon? Oh uh, no! Again, I, I told you I was really susceptible to ideas, and this is a whole theme throughout all my sort of what I would call my sort of endurance. Um, athlete journey now uh, there's a lovely lady who lives in the village and she had seen me cycling and she'd seen me running I don't think she knew I was a swimmer actually and she said Louise look I've seen you cycle I've seen you run I'm, I've signed up for a triathlon do you want to do it and I'm like triathlon gosh what even is that I mean I know that we've got some brothers who are quite good at it <laughs> basically the Brownleys that's pretty much all I knew I was like 
I think I know that there's biking and running and swimming, but I had no, I literally couldn't have told you what order they were in. Yeah, I'm a bit the same. Really couldn't have done. Or, oh, right. Okay. Well, it's, it is actually swimming, biking, running mostly, <laughs> but you know that. And, um, I had I was completely clueless, but I thought, oh, she's doing it. Um, why not give it a go? And I signed up for my first triathlon um, literally a couple of months after I'd done that cycling challenge and did my first triathlon in 2013 and just loved it, hated it, terrified in the swim, thought I was going to, I had a sort of vague sort of panic attack in the swim because I thought I couldn't see anything, um, had a stitch throughout the whole of the run. The run was only 5K and I was... Honestly, so my lovely family were there, my daughters, and when they were not look, when they couldn't see me, I was walking. <laughs> anyway, went over the finishing it all line. Counts. You still made yeah, it over you, the finish you're line. Still mo- you're right. I was still moving. Um, and when I got over the finishing line, I had a terrible stitch. And there's a picture of me sort of clasping my chest. I had a terrible stitch in my left hand side. Uh, I literally burst into tears, looked down, looked up, and went, "Oh, I want to do that again." And then, and I've done, I mean, I can't even remember how many triathlons I've done. I've got like, um, you know, I've only got, I'm not like Lucy, who of course the wonderful founder of the I charity. I was just gonna, yeah, I was just yeah, gonna mention that. I've got, I've got a, I've got a sort of box, which is not here with me, full of finishes medals. I have no, oh, actually that's true. I think I've won one, at least one, but um, yeah, she wins all the time, but I don't win. I'm just, I'm just there for the fun of but do you know what that's very interesting the way you say fun because that to me sounds like hell but I'm a very Does it? <laughs> I don't know I yeah, understand but... the buzz of it like I do get it but it's like yeah. wow like I don't know but I you just you you are inspiring because I'm a bit the same I would never have I've never done a triathlon before but the more I hear you talk about it the more I'm like <laughs> Was it before? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I do have to say sometimes when I'm talking about it, I do have to say that I do accept that my idea of fun, a bit like Lucy's, is I was not ever. Yeah, remind me of her so much. Well, she maybe loves that's a crazy what it idea. Is. Yeah, she loves a crazy idea. If you put something in her head, she will just run with it. Um, so yeah, how how did you meet Lucy? By the um, way, but her crazy ideas are. I mean, they're mine with the volume turned up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they really are. And also, she's just you know she's just so incredibly strong and fit and not just strong physically she's strong mentally as well um so when oh yeah so I first met Lucy uh, and I and I remember hearing her before I actually met her so we were in deepest darkest Patagonia and we were both doing an extreme triathlon called Patagon Man and I'd given myself that as my 50th birthday present which is not the normal 50th birthday present (laughs) because I'd lived in Patagonia when I was 21 I was I'd studied Spanish and I went and lived and worked there and long story short um I literally could hear you know Lucy's laugh she's just got a really particular loud infectious laugh and it was like echoing across this cavernous um room this hall where we were all lining up to register for Patagon Man um and I'd I had talked to her before we went actually because um I knew that she was going and I want you know I just wanted to meet her because I'm like you know this amazing athlete Lucy Gossage and I just wanted you know there's not many people going from the UK let's have a chat so we had chatted beforehand and I think she was a bit like who is this strange TV person and why does she want to chat to me anyway I, I basically enforced friendship on her I think um and then so I met her there and with she was with a brilliant friend of hers called Joe and we just had such a laugh we had such a laugh and I have I can't remember I think she finished the triathlon something like I did it in 16 hours okay 
16 hours, 38 minutes, I think, to be precise. And the cutoff was 17 hours, so I was close. And I think she probably finished maybe... I mean, at least six, if not eight hours before it me. Surprise me! It does. <laughs> she is like when people ask me about Lucy Gossage, I say she's hardcore, but she's she just hardcore. she just thinks it's nothing. She's just like so blasé about it. She's like, oh, I've won like thirteen Iron Man's, and I'm just yeah. like, that is hardcore. Like, not no, a lot she... of people can say that. <laughs> Exactly. So she won on that day. And the only thing I could say is, oh, we had such a laugh. So we were, and I think we I actually, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm nothing like as, as amazing athlete, obviously, or doctor, but I think probably there is something in our DNA or in our kind of mindset that is similar. So we, we got on this ferry. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's just so ridiculous. Uh, we got on the ferry. I think we caught the ferry at like 3, 3.30 in the morning or four o'clock. Anyway, it was pitch dark, pitch dark. And you have to go out in this ferry and then you're going to jump off into the cold water and swim for 3.8 kilometers, nearly so two miles sort of thing. <laughs> Your face is so funny. Is this the Norseman? By this, is oh, this, is so this is Patagon Man. So this is Man. Norseman is in Norway, but it's yeah. basically a very similar race. You jump off the back of a ferry. Anyway, we got on the ferry and um, we just, we were, I think, I think maybe nerves affect us in both in the same way or anticipation. And we were just dancing to Ariana Grande. <laughs> Of this ferry, <laughs> laughing like we were at a party, and they're all these very serious athletes. I mean, Lucy is a very serious athlete, but she's you know very much a, a, she's a class apart, really. Um, they're all you know got these sort of furrowed brows and sitting there and kind of thinking about the day ahead, and we're just dancing with Ariana Grande. <laughs> Well, I just want to join your party. <laughs> you gotta be in our party. We're not even got any alcohol. We did. I'm not sure we had even eaten any coffee at that stage. But um, obviously, we didn't have alcohol. But it was a, it was amazing. And then we were we were got really late in. And actually, what what Lucy really makes me laugh because I'm really proud of my swimming because I you know I'm for mo for a triathlete. I'm quite a fast swimmer, so I normally come out really near the front, which is very demoralizing for me because that means I just get overtaken the whole day. But I mean, it's nice to come out near the front. And yeah. Lucy, I think I was, I think I was like, you know, not really not far behind her. And I'm just, I'm really proud of that. And she goes, oh yeah, you're, you're as fast as a really quite rubbish swimmer. I'm like, no, I'm, I think I'm fast <laughs> compared to most people. She's very honest as well. <laughs> oh yeah, she's brutally honest, isn't yes. she? Love it for that. Yeah. Anyway, that's how I met Lucy. So when she sort of told you, okay, like I've, you know, I've got this idea about pairing up with Move Charity, doing this 5K Your Way initiative, because Lucy is our 5K Your Way co-founder. She's mm -hmm. puts a lot of her time into it. It's a passion project of hers. When she told you about this, was you just like, this is another one of her crazy ideas? No, or I like, think this is I think back then, I think she, I think she probably already had the charity. But do you know when it yeah. was founded? When was so it? So Move was founded in 2016, and then yeah, she so, teamed up with Gemma in 2018, and yeah. that's when Five K so, Your Way was born. So actually, so that was so. I think she was probably um, already doing it by then. Um, and I just loved for me what what I love about the charity is it's that kind of the mixture of it, well, I mean, I know how much exercise, what difference it makes to me you know what and i and it's really interesting because if you look back at when i was presenting breakfast and when i've been my most successful as a triathlete and actually i i've talked to lucy about this in depth afterwards and actually it's a similar sort of pattern so the both concurrently worked 
really strangely. And I think it's because exercise for me, you know, my job is, I mean, Lucy, you know, Lucy's saving lives and she has had some very difficult conversations with people and does extraordinary work. My job is stressful in a different way. You know, there's the pressure of six million people watching every day. There's always that thought at the back of the mind that, you know, I could really mess it up. Uh, not, and, you know, that could have quite serious. I mean, it's not going to, I don't save lives, but, you know, it could have really serious consequences for me if I did something wrong or whatever. And so I had to be all the time really on my feet. And And things like, for example, you know, there was one example where um, we're coming up to the headlines and it's six o'clock in the morning, maybe it's seven o'clock. And my editor of the program, this is some time ago, goes to me, Louise comes over talk back. So I'm literally, we're live on air and it's 30 seconds to go to the headlines. And he comes over the talk back into my ear and he goes, Louise, the headline's wrong. Cue, Louise. Right. So there's a few things going on with that, right? So, okay, which headline is wrong? <laughs> you would ask if you had time and you'd ask, okay, so which headline is wrong and what is wrong? Yep. Do you yep. know what I mean? Two questions that are really important. Very important. Yeah. That I did not have time to ask or he did not have time to tell me. Wow. So literally they're like, Q Louise, I go, hello, good morning. Uh, these are the headlines. Knowing that one of them is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> did you just and, hazard a guess? <laughs> exactly. Anyway, and because I, you know, that's that's the pressure of the do job. I made that headline that was wrong right. Well done. <laughs> but so 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 that's what I'm saying. So, so there's so there's that sort of pressure, um, and I think for me the exercise is very much was a was an antidote to that. Do you see what I mean? It was something yes. that I was in control of. Yeah? I love that. And I'm saying. sure yeah. that. For cancer patients, I, I mean, I'm not sure because I'm not one, but maybe that's an important part of it. it tell me, Sophie. Absolutely, it is. Yeah. Um, so for those that who are listening who don't know, um, I had leukemia myself three times. And at that point, you know, I was only 19 when I was diagnosed. Um, I My life was just flipped completely upside down. I'd gone from one day being a normal, healthy person with a cold, mm -hmm. going to the GP. And then the next minute I'm told, oh, that cold wasn't a cold. Um, it's a result of the fact that we think you've got leukemia. And, and that, this was in a day, it, day it, Literally it? in a day, when... within a day, yeah. I had the bloods in the morning. That night I got a phone call and the following morning I was told yeah. that news. So it is a whirlwind. And from that point that they tell you that, all control's gone. And I was literally whisked upstairs. A nurse grabbed me by the hand and pulled me upstairs and was like, we need to do this test. We need to do a bone marrow biopsy on you, which is incredibly invasive. It's extremely painful. And I had no control over what was happening. The only thing I knew was that I need to get better. That That's the only, you know, yeah. that's the only option for me is put my head down. It's almost like you go into autopilot and it's like, okay, just do this, do this, do, this, do what they're telling you. They're telling you to do this. They're telling you not to do that. Let's just go with it. So I had no control of what was happening to me. I just needed to get better. But the one thing that I could do is exercise. And yeah. my parents encouraged me to do that as well. So I was very lucky to have such a, you know, big support network, family, friends, they all rallied around me and, it got to the point where even sometimes I'd have chemo in the morning and then in the afternoon, if I felt well enough, we would go for a walk. And even if that meant my mum would hold one arm, my dad would hold the other and they would oh. literally prop me up. 
we would go for a walk and whether I could manage 10 steps, it still felt, felt like I'd achieved something and that I was doing something to help myself. And I did find that it helped me manage side effects. It helped with my, you know, my mental health as well. Just getting out in the fresh air, doing something for me. And mm -hmm. so you absolutely hit the nail on the head when you said that's for cancer patients, having that control exercise was that for me. And it will wow. be that for a lot of other people as well. Um, I want to continue um with with uh asking you some questions as well so for me it was about so it was about control and it was also about and you've sort of touched on it there um well it was about uh about physic about mentally actually psychologically giving me space yeah so it was space away from you know, constant, I mean, I became, I mean, I, and I've only realized subsequently actually having left um, how, in, how, you know, it really took over my brain, my whole, not, not, not just my brain, my whole, my whole life was dictated by uh, watching the news, going to bed, getting enough sleep, all the rest of it. And for me, the exercise uh, gave me that little pause in my day where I wasn't, didn't have like busy thoughts about, oh my gosh, you know, what's happened? Has Rishi Sunak done this? Or it wasn't Rishi then actually, but you know, has this happened, that happened? Um, so it was, it was, it was lots of things, but yeah, so it was the control thing and it was the mental break. So talk to me about mental break then. I was just, yeah, pretty much the same as you. So my day, you know, there was a point in time when my day just consisted of waking up, going to the hospital, getting my blood checked, having chemo or steroids or, I don't know, antibiotics, antifungals, a lot of the other things that happen. And then, you know, I'd then get the results of the blood. Oh, okay, your bloods are too low. You need a bag of blood to, because you're very anemic or you need platelets because your clotting's not very good. So, And then by the time I'd get home, it'd sometimes be like six, seven o'clock at night we'd have dinner as a family and then I just want to rest then. So mm. I made it my mission to have time out after dinner, set half an hour aside and I'd say, right, let's go for a walk around the block or, you know, let's just go out in the car for a drive, park up somewhere and, you know, just maybe like just look at the scenery or open the windows, let fresh air in, just do something that mm. you know brings that normality back into the day because my day was not normal at all and that played heavily on my mind because I wasn't a normal 19 year old shall we say you know when I was diagnosed all my friends were living life at uni you know going to parties doing this doing that going on holiday and like I couldn't do that like me and my partner couldn't do that um, I was really lucky that my partner stuck by me through everything and we've been together nearly 10 years now. Um, we went wow. through wow. Seven, seven, seven years of, of leukemia treatment and he never left me, which is nice. Oh my <laughs> um, gosh. But we had to come to terms with the fact that we couldn't do things that a normal couple did and that mm. did weigh heavily on us. And there was times when, you know, there'd be arguments and there'd be things said and and then, but that was just because there was so much pressure on the situation and pressure mm. on us at such a young age. And, you know, I think something that we did, again, going back to taking that control back is that on good days, so days when I'd have maybe a break from chemo or, you know, I was feeling well, we would still do things that we enjoyed. So we would make our, our mission to go out for food whether that had to be at nine o'clock at night when the restaurant was quiet so that I wasn't exposed to infections oh, that could make me ill or, you know, whether that was going for coffee and a cake somewhere. Like 
we, that was us taking back control and ultimately looking after our mental well-being as well and trying mm. to just you know bring aspects back of that normal life yeah and that's what I love about move so I mean first of all you know I'm kind of the why the, the reason I'm a supporter of move lots of reasons actually but mostly Lucy is just a force to be reckoned with I have so yes. much respect for her and I just think for me it really I can really relate to that whole thing about you know how important exercise is how important moving is actually and it doesn't yeah. have to be you know doing a triathlon does it like you've told me you do you, not, no. when you were being treatment doing exercises from your chair how important that is for your psychological well-being and it's not just and of course your physical well-being as well of course that as well I mean I you know I love the way that I'm much stronger than I used to be um so there's so as Lucy was first of all um and secondly to your point so um, my, I, I've, I personally don't have experience of cancer, so I feel very lucky. Um, but my husband, uh, who I've been married to for 25 years now, before we were ever married, um, had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma when he was not as young as you were. I mean, I think you, I, I always get it wrong actually, because I wasn't with him at the time. So I think he must've been sort of twenties, late twenties. Yeah. Um, so for me, you know, anybody, and he, so I count him as, you know, in my mind, he was a young man then. But so for me to sort of, you know, be able to sort of help something that is, you know, I'm clearly passionate about moving and exercise and also, you know, um, what happened to him. So that's to me, it's the kind of combination of everything that works. Yeah. And I think that's what, you know, I, I think you're sort of the perfect fit for someone who supports us because you understand that it's not just exercise, it's not just triathlons, it's just moving. And, mm -hmm, and that can mm -hmm. make such a difference to someone's life who who has cancer. And, and yet that, you know, the charity does encourage any kind of movement, um, whether that is getting up, washing your dishes, um, just standing there, like, I don't know, put music on, dance while you do it. It's just, and that is what we're all about. And that's what yeah. I absolutely love as well. Um, and you are getting involved in Three Peaks Challenge, which you've got. Oh, yes, I've, yes, I've. <laughs> We're doing that. You know why we're doing oh, that? We're because... opening you into it. <laughs> well, and you're doing the marathon as well, London Marathon. So you've, yeah. got, you've got a busy year with us. Well, <laughs> yeah, so people, so please join in the Three Peaks Challenge if you possibly can. Uh, that that came to us because Lucy and I did something last year. Um, I wanted to do a race with her and I knew that I could only, the only way I could make her race with me was which, if she was in my team. Yes. So she'd have to slow down. We did a brilliant thing last year. I can't tell you too much about it because it's in my book, which comes out on the 25th of May. Anyway, so, um, and that sort of came, sparked out of that. But what was really funny about that was because um, I'd had to camp the night before and uh, Lucy hadn't because she was actually doing something for Move. So, she, so is she camping? Oh, she is, I'm not. <laughs> I, know, I know you're not. <laughs> I'm too. I, I'm such a princess. But what can I say? Oh, there's nothing wrong with being a princess. My favorite Sophie, thing I mean, when we had a chat with Lucy about it, and she said to me, "Sophie, yeah. what you've been through? You've been through like seven years of cancer treatment, and you won't exactly. camp." And I was like, "Because I've been through seven years of cancer treatment is why I won't camp." I <laughs> I don't you, deserve camping. You no, know, you know about hardship. You see, that's why yes. you don't need to camp. Um, anyway, so I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, because it's September, isn't it? So I'm going to have to get. Yeah. I mean, I'll be I'll be at the back. Don't worry. Uh, Lucy will be at the front. I'll be walking with my poles. Um, and then yes, also so um you know countdown. And this is why we're talking today, isn't it? To countdown yeah. to the London Marathon. And my gosh, I mean, I've run. The, the ridiculous thing is that I've actually done lots of marathons, but normally I do them as part of another race yeah. <laughs> so in Norseman and Patagon Man uh, I did a marathon after doing the 
the swim and the 180 180 kilometer bike ride you know I just happened to have to add on a marathon at the end so it's been really weird train training for just running yeah because actually of all the things cycling running and swimming it's reminded me that I don't like cycling I'm sorry (laughs) I don't like running the most I mean I love cycling and I love swimming but running for me is is hard I mean it is hard um and then I had had a knee operation in July last year so um that so so before Christmas I was literally doing couch to 5k (laughs) and now in three weeks I'm going to be doing 42 kilometers 26.2 miles um and yeah it's been um I think also the the interesting thing is because because before when I've done any training for any kind of running I've normally been doing like Patagon Man was in in December so I trained during the summer and I'm in massive respect to everybody who trains during the winter because it's hard you know you've got to yeah. get out there whatever the weather I saw on your Twitter the other day and literally <laughs> your glasses of like I wear glasses myself um because we both obviously can't see this but I'm no. like, oh it's the worst thing ever like even when I'm dog walking and so yeah. I'm not even running but the and you, you need like little wind, windscreen you, wipers you do need wind, windscreen wipers and they, and they get all steamed up as soon as you stop yeah. they get steamed up and then you wipe when when you're with your with your um sleeve or whatever but um it's been yeah so so I'm really I'm kind of I've got to that stage now I spoke to I've got a lovely coach who's really helped me through the last whatever three months or so I spoke to her yesterday and, and at this stage you know I'm not massively injured which is a real okay, plus good, yeah <laughs> I obviously haven't overtrained. <laughs> I mean I would say I'm undertrained, but I've got a strategy and you know hopefully I'll finish I mean gosh you know Lucy will be absolutely appalled at the time I finish it <laughs> I feel like this is more special though because you're doing this one with your daughter, aren't you? And whether you oh, run you... together or, or yeah. not, like you still you'll be there, you know, at the start line together, and you'll be there at the end, like you know. So yeah, that's really special, you. isn't it? Yeah, thank you for mentioning her. So she she's been so much part of. Um, I mean, I've tried to because I'm so passionate about exercise and how moving can make you feel, as we said, psychologically and physically, so much better about yourself. So I've been for years trying to get her into running and stuff anyway literally oh I think it was in lockdown we started running together we did do quite a lot of walking together in lockdown there was a there was a period of a few months where we would try and run 5k I mean I can't I'm laughing because I can't do that at the moment 5k every day and we did about we used to do like maybe six a week which is not an inconsiderable amount is it Um, and then um this and I've tried to this London marathon I was booked to do it in in April 2020 which obviously got cancelled um and then I did it I did the virtual one in October and then I literally tried this is the fourth time I'm trying to trying to run the London marathon one was COVID one was a the other one was an ankle operation the second the third one was a knee operation so finally Sophie I'm going to do it (laughs) even if I have to walk it it'll be fine but um, it all counts I just think like to even want to do the marathon like it you know it's a big thing it's like the biggest marathon in the world like London marathon exactly that's that's why people people saying to why why do you why do you want to do it I was like because it's just kind of like this bug it's like this thing I've got to do it I've tried you know and then anyway so in the summer Mia was like I think I I want to run a marathon I was like really and uh, I said well I'm gonna do the London she goes can I do it with you I'm like Okay. Anyway, I mean, to, you know, she I, she's amazing. She's she again, but you know, before Christmas, three k was hard for her, and now we're going out and we're regularly doing half marathons, which we, you know, we couldn't do. Yeah. Um, and she's certainly never done. Um, and she's amazing. She, but she's, you know, I run beside her, and she's twenty one. I'm 54. She's built like a gazelle, and she just, you know, she's just a great runner. 
and it's yeah. lovely. Uh, but I think on the day, so we will start together as long as we get in the same pen, which I think we can actually. And I think she'll probably hopefully stay with me. We reckon about 15, 20 K probably. So about halfway. And then yeah. she definitely will, will carry on at a, a greater speed than I will. And I reckon <laughs> uh, uh, you can hold me to it. Sophie. I reckon I'll finish probably half an hour after she does. That's that's really good though. Like half an hour is not a lot of time, really, in a marathon. But yeah, we'll see. But hopefully, we'll finish. You know, we'll finish. We I know where to meet her at the finish. So, but I'm super excited, and it's been an amazing thing um, to be doing that with her. I think that's such a wonderful. We've had some great experiences. We've had some pretty bad ones as well. But that's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And you will remember this one because it's so Definitely. special. Like you will remember this one regardless of what of happens course. on the day. Like you'll remember it and yeah. yeah you're and you're so supporting right. move as well, aren't you? So yeah, yeah, I'm supporting move. So I will be wearing, in fact, I need to check I've got the right t-shirt. I'll be wearing the check. I'll be wearing the um lovely colored t-shirt, by the way. Love oh, that t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be wearing it on the day, and hopefully, you know, people will support me around. I mean, I've had, you know, some sponsorship. If anybody wants to sponsor me, I'd be delighted. Um, but I know there'll be a huge amount of support on the day. And that's what everybody says about London is it's just, you know, there's so many pe people cheering and shouting your name. And it will be it will be an extraordinary experience. I'm really yeah. glad. And I'm really glad to be doing it for Move because, you know, I think in those dark moments when there will be, by the way. There will be, um, yeah. I will think of you, Sophie. How's that? Oh, thank you. Yeah, just think of me smiling back at you. <laughs> I will think of you. And you I will think of because you went on the program. You had your eight-week yeah. program, didn't you? Yeah. So I did the. So that that's how I got involved with Move. Um. So now I do work for Move full time, which I absolutely yeah. love. I couldn't imagine doing anything else. Um. But before you know, before I was diagnosed, I was doing a psychology degree. Didn't really know what I wanted to do in life, and then. It was only that when I was a cancer patient and I really needed some support in getting back into exercise and, you know, it sort of rehab, prehab, that type thing. And I found Move and and sort of I did the online program um, just before my third lot of leukemia treatment, which was um, CAR T cell therapy. So I used the program almost like a prehab. And I do fully believe that by having that toolbox of you know things that I could be doing to help myself that I learned on the program that enabled me you know to recover really well really quickly from CAR T and three years on you know still in remission doing really well but that I just I always sing the praises of of the online program because I honestly mm. don't think I'd be where I am today without it and it just made me realize that every young person who's got cancer should have the opportunity to you know, even just, you know, just hear about Move and hear about the programme and maybe it won't be for them, but it will be for a lot of people because cancer changes you in so many ways and, and particularly, you know, physically and mentally. And the programme gave me back, you know, a lot of what I was missing throughout my my treatment. So, yeah, that that's how I got involved with Move. I was like, this is amazing. I need to get more involved in this charity. And yeah, so so here I am today. Okay. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna really put it I'm gonna really put pressure on you now. So when I hit the wall, because I definitely will, <laughs> what shall I think? I would just think think how powerful exercise is for you. So think about oh, cause what we've spoken about today and how important it was for me and okay. you know how it's helped me recover. But think about what it means for you and, and all those years. Think about the memories it gave you, because that's what it does for me. So I 
you know, I, I speak about my mum holding one arm and my dad holding the other and taking me for a walk. Mm-hmm. And although at that time it was really dark that, you know, being so young, that had to happen, that literally I had to have my parents propping me up. But I look back on it fondly because that we rallied together as a team uh, and we did things. So I'd say think about that and think about, you know, rallying you got me, together Sophie, with your I'm daughter. Go- I'm going to have to stop you now because you've got me, you got me going now. You've got tears in my eyes. That's what, that's what I'm going to think about. I'm going to think the image of you with your mum and dad. Oh, thank you. And I will get <laughs> a move on. <laughs> get a move. I love that. We've never used that before. Have you not? No, get a move on. <laughs> I will say rude things for myself, which will end with get a move on. Yes. You can look down at your t-shirt and be like, move. So, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's, you're absolutely right. Just, you're right. I, I'm thinking about you. And then I'll look down and go, move, move, yeah. Louise. Absolutely. Well, all, oh. all I can say to you, Louise, is is good luck. Because um, oh, you're doing you, something that a lot of people, you know, wouldn't do. And you're putting yourself out there and you're doing something amazing with your daughter. So, um, yeah, good luck from all of us at Move and all of the listeners. And oh, um, it's you. been a pleasure to chat to you today. And Sophie, <laughs> it's been lovely to hear your story. And you are literally a walking miracle, which is just, oh, and it's lovely you. to hear all about that. And I know you've been through really hard times. So, and I'm so glad that Move has helped you. And I, I really hope that it can go out and help lots of other people like you. So that's fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll oh, see you, you on the in the mountains of Yorkshire. <laughs> Whether I'll do three peaks is another story. But um yeah, I'll be at the back with you. I need to get some poles, actually. Yeah, get poles. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Literally get yeah. poles there. Absolutely brilliant. Oh, thank you so much. Such a pleasure <laughs> to speak to you. And I'll um, yeah, I, I, at the finish line, I shall be going like this, thinking, yes, yes. I did it for Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Louise. Oh, that's so sweet. You got me going there, honestly. Huge thanks to Louise for joining me today. And we wish her the very best of luck in the marathon. And we also wish her daughter the very best of luck as well as at her first marathon, as Louise mentioned. If you do want to sponsor Louise, you can do so by visiting her enthuse page and all your money, all your donations will go to supporting and inspiring more and more people to move against cancer. So thank you very, very much and best of luck, Louise. Mm-hmm.